the theme that I'll come from is less of my struggles and more of what I've done to not have those stories in the first place, which I think is the goal for the future generation. Like, I think we have, we have knowledge from history. And I think this is the ignorance of kind of the 21st century. We kind of look at everything that's happening right now in the last like two, three years. And it's like, oh, this is the newest science. This is the newest technologies. But we're so ignorant to the fact that there have been thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of years of human evolution, right? And all of those people throughout all of those generations have knowledge and have time to thought about the human mind. Um, and it's not like our genetics are so different than Socrates' genetics, you know, or the people living in ancient Greece or, or the Roman Empire or the Egyptian times, you know. It's, it's all relatively similar. And so the way that our bodies react to certain events are going to be similar. And the answers of how we should think about certain events and how we should train our bodies and our minds is actually there. It's in Marcus Aurelius's meditations. It's in Descartes' uh, journals. It's in uh, Socrates's, well, ne not necessarily Socrates, but, you know, Plato wrote about Socrates in, in his books because Socrates didn't write anything. But it's all there, right? Um, Aristotle talks about eudaimonia, which is kind of his definition of happiness, which is very different than our definition of happiness. Mm -hmm. And fundamentally, I think that a lot of our unhappiness comes from want. Um, so there's, there's, there's kind of two sides of it. So there's want and there's fear. And so when I think about want, um, I think about Buddhism where, where Buddha talks about the goal of Buddhism is to eliminate want. And that's where he says you find peace, right? Or his equivalent um, of that. And so when we, when he talks about when we have wants, there is another world that we desire that we don't have where we think we can be happier than we are now. And so having wants is actually this very negative thing that, um, that makes us less happy now because we know we could be ha more happy later. Mm -hmm. And so even when I'm building TKS or my last companies, it's not like you obviously have to have a goal. But it's a little bit different when I think about it. It's not like, oh, when I achieve that, I'm going to be in a better state. It's that the current journey that I'm in is optimal because I'm working to another optimal state. And I think that having goals is really important to being happy because it gives you a sense of purpose. And so for me, when I was building TKS, I was thinking, well, what's the ultimate purpose that I want to have in my life? And it was literally this, like, how do you develop young people to go and solve the world's most important problems. Like I couldn't think of anything more important than this that was in my kind of expertise and the things that I was passionate about. And so I did that. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my life is going to be so much better when we expand to other cities or my life is going to be so much better when these kids start companies. Like the journey itself is, is the best part, whether it's now or in five years, they're both going to be equally amazing. The second part, so that's, that's about wants. And I think a lot of people get sucked into wanting things. And, and, and kind of as a side note, the, the reason why that is now more than ever is because of capitalism. Like we are literally trained to want things. Like that's how the government makes money, right? Through taxes. And if we don't buy anything, they don't get taxes. And, and that's how companies grow. Um, it is through capitalism. And I think capitalism did a, 
amazing job with developing human civilization, with technology, innovation, science development. But now I think we're at this inflection point where we have a lot of things where people, especially in modern societies like North America, are in way better places than people ever were, you know, a hundred years ago plus. Mm. And so where we are is amazing. But now I think the question is what you're doing is, okay, now let's focus on the self and the mind. And I think capitalism doesn't do that. It actually contradicts the self and prioritizes the whole, the, the kind of world, if that makes sense, like civilization's achievements and advancements rather than your, your mind's achievements and advancements, which are very different. Like you can't, you can't quantify happiness with money. And I think that's very obvious to people now, especially the ones that have money, but capitalism would probably disagree with that. So that's one. The second thing that I think is super important is fear. And I think this is the place where a lot of entrepreneurs get hit the most. Um, and I think everyone struggles with fear, right? When you're a kid, the fear of not getting into university, the fear of not getting a job, the fear of not being able to support your family. Like there's all these fears that, that I see today with, you know, speaking to hundreds and hundreds of young people. And then obviously having my network of a lot of smart people that fear a lot of things. And then the entrepreneur network and the founders that have their fears. And I think the part where entrepreneurs fear the most about um, is, and, and you're having these conversations. So like maybe you can tie in the pieces and tell me if I'm wrong or right. But I think it's because they actually have so much more weight on their shoulders than most people. Like when you're employing other people, now you're responsible for their families and you're responsible for their income and you're responsible for their, their food on the table and their kids being in school. When you're raising money from investors, you've committed to them that like, I will give you a return. And if you fail, it's almost like you let them down, that you, you lie to them, right? Cause when you're pitching your company, you're not going to say, you know, there is a high chance of, well, many will not say there's a high chance I'm going to fail, but just take a risk on me. Usually it's the opposite pitch where it's like, look, this is how much money we're going to make. This is how right. much we're going to grow. And if you don't do that, it is like, you know, you just, you just lie to them. Um, and you have this, this exacerbation of fear, right? Because you are so responsible for a lot of things. Your, your responsibilities are much higher than, than others. So while someone else might have, you know, their family to be responsible for, you have your family to be responsible for, as well as all these other people's families to be responsible for. Mm -hmm. And you have this emotional tie into your, your, your vision and you're, you're passionate about that. And so now if your company fails, it's not like, oh, I just lost money. It's, oh, my dream is broken. I have to lay off all of these people with families that I was responsible for supporting. I have to tell my investors that, hey, the thing that I was telling you I was going to do, like I lied, I failed, like it, it didn't work. So sorry for making a bad choice in me. You know, it's like you fail all these people and then you fail yourself because obviously you don't start a company thinking you're going to fail. Right. <laughs> right. And I think that's where a lot of the issues come in. And as entrepreneurs, I think we know that there's a lot of ups and downs, but just knowing something and feeling it are totally different things. Right. Like knowing that there's going to be a down cycle 
is not the same as going through the down cycle. Like when you're going through the down cycle, you don't know it's going to go back up because every down cycle could be the last down cycle, right? It could be the point of failure. Um, and I think that's what, why it's so hard to actually do this. And it's so easy to talk about it. It's so easy to like have a graph and have like, okay. here's the trough of disillusionment and blah, 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 you know? And it's like, oh yeah, here's the graph. But it's like, you don't know what place you are in the graph, right? Like it's easy to have the graph in retrospect, but when you're in it, it's like, where am I right now? Am I at the bottom? Am I at the, in the middle? Like, am I at the end? Did I just fail or is something going to turn around tomorrow? And the thing that keeps me going a lot, it, I heard this from a friend when I was building uh, Airpost in, in Mountain View and what was happening was, so one of our co-founders, those three of us, one of them left and he left because, you know, he had his, his parents were having some family issues. You know, we were in our mid twenties, low to mid twenties, and he had to go back and really spend time with his family. Cause that was a big priority. Uh, and his mom was going to move to another country and those, those, all these issues. And, you know, Airpost was at a low. So he was like, you know, I don't know if this is really going anywhere. So, I need to prioritize my family as well. At the same time, so we lose a co-founder. It's me and my other co-founder. Now there's two of us going through a low together. Uh, there was two other companies that came out and raised very large series A rounds. And we're at the point where we didn't know if our product was good and investors wouldn't give us a lot of money, like $5 million, $10 million, because we were so young. Here's the, here's the reality of what happened. The reality was we had an amazing product the reality was uh, this was a huge problem. And the reality was all we needed to do was talk to the right people. But at the time, you didn't know that. And what happened was one of my friends, one of my mentors at the time told me, he's like, look, attitude is altitude. That's all he said. He's like, attitude is altitude. That was it. And then I was like, okay, attitude's altitude. And then... Like, on, it was just a switch. It was like, all right, I'm just going to have a positive attitude. I'm just going to keep doing this because what's the downside in having a positive attitude? Nothing. What's the downside in having a negative attitude? It spirals down, right? Negative attracts negative. Positive attracts positive. Like, that's just how the world works. And I think people realize that when when it happens, right? Um and then, you know, as, as time went on, I started learning more about Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, and, and just the concept of Stoicism. Are you familiar with sto Stoicism? Not as much. So Stoicism is, is really, really interesting. And I actually think that it, it should be kind of like a requirement for entrepreneurs. Mm. Not for everybody, but for entrepreneurs. So this is what the Stoics believed. They believed that at a high level, you should control how you react to situations. Like that is 100% in your control. Um, and there's things that happen to you and things that happen by you. And you need to understand how to separate those things and react accordingly. Because if, it, if there's something that happens to you, like it's sunny outside today, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I can't, I can get happy about it, right? Or I can get sad about it, but either way, it's not in my control whether it's sunny or not, right? If it was snowing right now and it was super cold, I'm not going to sit here and complain for 30 minutes because I have no power over the weather. So it just is. If I'm in traffic and I'm stuck, 
well, I can't get upset because that's happening to me, not by me, right? Whereas um, when there's something happening by you, like when there is a disengaged employee or you're not hitting your deadlines, that's you. That's not your employee's fault. Like you have to do something about it. You have to take control of it. You have to have those conversations. Are you not setting deadlines properly? Are you not motivating them right? Are they not in the right role or did you make the wrong hire? Like what was it? Because it's up to you. It's not someone else. Um, and so you got to think about what that is. And, and just to give a proper example of a proper entrepreneurial example of things happening to you is like you built a product that's just irrelevant. Like no matter how much marketing and stuff that's going to happen, the product, the market just doesn't want it. And so the more you do doesn't really matter. Nobody wants it. Now, the things that can happen by you is you can pivot. You can try new things. You can build new things. But that product itself, it just is, is not worth it, right? And you, you have to be smart enough to understand when that point is. Um, so, so when you understand things that happen to you and by you, then you can start taking control of your emotional reactions because I think that's the whole conversation they're having right now, right? Like how do you mm. how do you really empower yourself emotionally because if – you are in charge of your emotions. And if you can have the, the self-awareness and the, just like the internal power to, to be in full control of your happiness and your emotions, I think that goes like such a long way. But in school, we're never taught that. In school, we're never taught about self-awareness. We're never taught to introspect. We're never taught to retrospect. We're never taught to meditate. We're never taught to find, understand like what makes us happy, right? And what makes us unhappy we just kind of go through life learning math and science and it's like okay that's great these things are fine but honestly i could ask google any of these questions and i can get in a second what i actually need to understand now is me and i think that's where the shift is in societies that i don't think a lot of people realize i think that high schools and universities should focus a lot on building the self and i'm not against like building knowledge of course that's super important and building skills are super important but I think at the end of the day, like people are people, they are not machines. And there's now a very clear difference between people and machines. Whereas 50 years ago, there wasn't 50 years ago, people were the machines. That was the point. Like that was slavery. That was a lot of the industrial revolution. It was people acting as machines today. Machines act as machines. So now we need people to act as people, but people don't know who they are. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem. So I, I, by the way, I love so many of the things that you said because this is why I'm, I was so excited to to converse with you because I see so much alignment in in both of the work that that we're doing. And when you talk about this philosophical part of if you want to call it discovery of the self, like you know, you, when you were speaking even about like just the evolutionary perspective, like just our society, even maybe like if we think about the last twenty years with like stuff like cell phones, like, you know, we as human beings, we're not meant to be connected, seeing tweets every single second. And I think part of my worry um, in, in just even seeing our industry, but maybe even see our society as a whole is that there's this like, um, yeah, almost like the loss of the human, like the human being, not the human doing, but like the human being, like who, like when I, chat with founders now and I chat with investors, I, I tell people up front, especially when I'm asking you like how you're doing, it's not necessarily just like you as, you know, company or you as founder, but like, you know, how are you doing as like a person? 
right? And, you know, part of what you spoke about as well is, I sometimes wonder, you know, when you talk about like the education system, and this is something that's really humbled me about, um, about just maybe, you know, learning under coaches and going to retreats. And, you know, when I opened myself up to like other philosophies, especially in, in Eastern philosophies, because there's so much texts and, and knowledge about, about, human nature and where does experience come from and you know part of I think my my hope even just for for our industry and even talking about like mental health and talking about human spaces it's like what's possible for all of us as a society when people know where their experience comes from and people know like we say like when we're hitting the lows that despite how dark it is that we can still choose to like accept our feelings or we can choose to still operate with a sense of grace or with a sense of strength, despite the fact that, oh man, like our company might completely take, or we just lost this big investor or we're getting sued. So I, I mean, I so love that you brought so many of these pieces together because I think that's such an important conversation. I mean, one thing I'm curious about to ask you this is, so you've mentioned to me a bit about like your sort of like this, this philosophical piece that's kind of underlied, uh, you know, a lot of maybe the approaches to entrepreneurship, which I think is, is really fascinating. I mean, I'm so curious to understand about, you know, maybe, maybe not the founder piece, but more about like your, your journey about you as, as a, as a person, like, how did you get here? So it's interesting because this weekend I actually did a session in TKS. It was me and Nadim, mm-hmm. and it was just about our journey and our mental models and our experiences. And that session was a was a three hour session, and we didn't have enough time. So there's definitely <laughs> not enough time to cover it now. But what I can tell you is that I think I've had a lot of unique experiences that you know. It's like when I met you, you probably wouldn't have assumed what I've done in the past and like the things I've experienced. I think most people, I'm, I'm 29 now. I think most people that are, you know, 29 or in their late 20s have a relatively similar path, right? You go to school, high school, university. You might have like traveled after you graduated or whatever, and then you get your job and you work there a few years and then you're confused about what you want to do in life. So you might do your MBA or something and then kind of think about, getting married or whatever. And, um, and for me, it was, it was very different. Uh, when I was growing up in the first place, my, my parents would always like, we would travel to all these different places, um, like Greece and uh, East Africa. My parents are from East Africa. And when we traveled, it wasn't like tourism traveling. It was like locals, like we were just locals. So when I was in Greece, I remember we went to Athens and what do most people do in Athens? They go and see all the cool structures and all that. What did we do? My mom puts us in a school. And now we're like in a school for like three days with just Greek kids. Like that was it. And it was just like we were just attending school randomly. I don't even know how she, like looking back on it, I have no idea how she even like thought of that or found that or did it. But it was hilarious. But like those are the types of experiences that we had. And then when I was in university, uh, my brother and I went to Bangladesh and we interned at Grameen Bank 
and we helped the world's poorest people learn about microfinance and building sustainable income. And like when we talk about entrepreneurship here, it's like starting unicorn companies. We talk about entrepreneurship in Bangladesh. It's like buying a goat and selling the milk, right? Like that is also entrepreneurship and we forget that definition. Um, and I, and entre- I think entrepreneurship is like the key to, to poverty in, in a lot of cases in, in third world countries. Um, so we lived in villages, we lived in the city, but the city is not a, a, not a great place, especially where we were living surrounded by like bed bugs and cockroaches and all food sickness and all this stuff. Um, a couple of years later, we went to Tajikistan and we helped to expand ECD centers, early childhood develops, development centers across northern Tajikistan in the mountainous areas in like middle of December. Like this is so so cold with snow everywhere ice everywhere and we're driving up mountains like easily could have easily could have had one wrong turn and fell off a mountain and died like it was it was a crazy scary experience um and there's tons of stories and learnings from Tajikistan a few months later or maybe a year later or something I was in East Africa again but in Kenya and Mombasa teaching a program for high school students who came internationally and learned about sustainable development. Um, and we worked with slum schools. Uh, we worked with organize- like social business organizations, social enterprise, all of that cool stuff. Um, then another year or something, I go to, well, my brother and I go to Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan and we're with the University of Central Asia and we're doing a bunch of other cool stuff over there. Uh, and even just traveling around and seeing that that's that part of the world. Like how many people say, hey, okay, I'm going to Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan, you know, for a month or however long it was, you know, like not many people go on vacation to those types of places um, and just get to meet the people there and have those types of experiences. Um, and not to mention this was all happening when I was building, you know, my companies, you know, I had one before AirPost. So it was constantly building companies, but also traveling and trying to get unique experiences. And then, you know, Nadim was at McKinsey and he was working out of the Australia office, the Japan office and all these places. We would make sure that we were never just focused on the, what we were doing, but always thought, thinking about the, why we were doing it and thinking about like building experiences in life because I think one of my general philosophies is that I think we forget that time is our most valuable asset like we can always make money but we can't always make time and when I think about the purpose of of just like life for me it's it's to it's to get unique experiences that are meaningful and so I'm always trying to maximize unique meaningful experiences and, you know, obviously part of TKS, I'm constantly surrounded by unique, meaningful experiences, even if it's just like a one-on-one with a kid that's trying to cure be- breast cancer using nanotechnology. Like that's such a unique experience. I don't think many people get to have. We're talking to a 15 year old about how he's using, you know, nano materials to sequence genes, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy to, to just be involved with those types of things. And then flying to like Dubai and Portugal and Vegas and all these places to to watch these kids speak like that is a meaningful interesting experience um, 
So, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I, how I think about it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, something that really stood out to me and I, and it's like when you were talking about every single place, I was like literally having, it was like a cinematic in my head, like could be an epic movie. And the interesting thing right. is like, I didn't even <laughs> mention Silicon Valley, right? Cause that's where I was based. Like I was living in Mountain View, um, building this company. And then after, well, when I was building the company, we were actually building it. We, we moved around a lot. I was literally living out of a suitcase and the last place I was in was a hacker house in a room with like six bunk beds or something. And then, you know, cut scene, we get acquired by box. I'm living in this like lavish apartment next to Google, you know, like mm. it, it, it's just interesting how like life works and, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And I think kind of making our way back around to the mental, mental health thing. It's like, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So why worry? Like when people stress, it's just thinking about the future. And there's definitely biological reasons for stress, like cortisol increase. And, you know, your amygdala might be more sensitive than other people's. And like, yeah, I definitely understand that. And I think that is something that we need to understand about ourselves. But also, I think there is a component to the mind and how you think about things. Like when something goes wrong, it's like, well, how do we fix this? Or I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow that will make this not matter anymore. Cause at the end of the day, like there are people that have lost everything and they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that happen? Right. Like, yeah. I know some entrepreneurs have lost their houses. Uh, you're probably talking to some of these people that have like had to give away their you know, crazy stories. <laughs> but look, they're fine because you're interviewing them. You're talking to them. Like they're still here mm-hmm. and they're still kicking. And obviously they're, you know, well enough to have conversations about it and i think like we forget that like this life is just a series of events and like things happen things there's bad things and good things and like it's just things and it's like even when you were sharing like those experiences that that you've had that have brought you to like where you are now like and, and I emphasize like it's experiences, like you weren't sharing with me, oh, hey, like, you know, we, we did this raise or hey, like, you know, the company was worth this much. It was it was about like stuff that you experienced in the moment. And there was something about that that really moved me because I feel that. Yeah, sometimes in a way like and I and I think this is part of the the beauty, but also maybe part of the, the of the weakness of founders is that sometimes you spend so much time, I think, plotting for the future or, or like, you know, risk managing the future. And because of that, we, we kind of lose our, our connection to what's present and our connection to, to what it means to really like experience life. And, and it just like, so resonates when you talk about even in that moment, like you don't know what's going to happen. Like I kind of, I kind of laugh in a way about, you know, um, like five years ago, like the transformative experience that like um, that was shared amongst my family. My my brother had gone to um, South Africa and he got there and decided that he didn't want to have the traditional tourist experience. He changed his mind and he found a tour guide who brought him into the villages. And these villages don't even have running water. They don't have electricity. 
And, you know, similar to how you were saying where you travel to these countries and like in Bangladesh, like, you know, entrepreneurship is like, you know, getting milk from the goat. My brother saw that in, in those villages um, in South Africa, it was like, oh, it was weaving baskets and walking by foot to go sell them in other villages. And in that moment, like, you know, my brother didn't know that five years later that would result in like a national crypto exchange that my family now owns. Like, it's so crazy, right? Looking back at it. And it's like, I am so thankful for like the experiences that we've had, despite like a lot of darkness that's, yeah. that's come out as well. Isn't like a podcast I was listening to. Um, this is really interesting. Cause it's like, it's just these common threads. Um, sick. So, So there was a podcast I was listening to, and the guy that was on, his name is Andrew Yoon. Okay, Andrew Yoon. Y-O-U-N. And he started a company called One Acre Fund, Found. Mm. One Acre Found or One Acre Fund? It says Found. But their whole idea is they're bringing food security to like hundreds of thousands of uh, families throughout Central Africa. Mm. And his background, like same thing, was like very like a very typical background. I think he was like a consultant or something like that. But then he had this, and he went and got his MBA. And then during his MBA, he went to East Africa and saw what was happening and just got this spark and decided to move there and start this like, huge organization. Like, it, I think it, it's either a nonprofit or a charity. And like, they're completely like changing people's lives. But I think just like your brother, like, people need to find that like experience that gives them this like strong drive and purpose that's not money. I also think that's where a big issue comes with founders is when the goal is on money and that starts to run out, then it's like your happiness tie is tied to number. That doesn't make sense. Like I, I fundamentally think that doesn't make sense. And generally, like philosophically, I think a lot of people are playing this game of life, looking at their, their coins that they're collecting rather than the health bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like we got to, I think a lot of, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs and founders, you know, especially now we get super excited by the concept of entrepreneurship and starting our own company. Uh, and then we, a lot of people might do it for the wrong reasons and then face all these issues because they weren't ready for it. They weren't prepared for it. They don't have the right reasons to do it. And it's like, well, let's just backtrack to the f- foundations and make sure that you're doing this for the right reasons and you know why you're doing it. Yeah. And I mean, if we're talking philosophically too, um, you know, when I was in, so, I mean, I've been very public about this. I almost died creating my first startup because so much of my drive came from the wrong place. It was a need to prove to people that like, I'm going to be a female founder in tech. It was the need to prove that I can, you know, I I can make it on my own. And, you know, I think part of that, that humbling too has been around, you know, look, looking at different ways of, of understanding things. And, you know, when I started seeking out mentors and other philosophies, especially Eastern philosophies like Buddhist and, and looking at meditation, looking at, you know, spiritual mentors. Um, one of my mentors at the time, and it was so shocking to me at the time, but now it makes so much sense. You know, she was telling me like, Hey, you know, like, like money isn't like, like the, the, the tell all solution, like money is just an amplifier. 
And, you know, she was telling me, it's like, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you stand for, if you don't know your life purpose, like what, you know, like when you said, like, why are you here? Then what money does, it just amplifies all of that. And also amplifies whether it's the pain or amplifies the loss or amplifies the unsettledness of like, oh, like I'm a hundred million dollars. How come I'm not happy? And I see that in crypto circles now, because so many people I know who used to be like dead broke are all of a sudden like multi-millionaires or in some case billionaires overnight and it's yeah it's interesting tony robbins was actually talking about this recently on a, on a podcast that he did and he was talking about exactly that money just amplifies and same stories like i know a ton of billionaires a lot of them are my friends and it just amplifies what they had before they had the money so if you're materialistic Money's just going to make you buy more cars or whatever. If you're an upset person and get angered easily, money's just going to, it's not going to change that. Like you're just going to be upset about other things now. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So here's my curiosity. Like I would love to ask because you're obviously, you know, like a serial entrepreneur. And as I said, I think the work that you're doing with TKS is is absolutely amazing because it moves so many people and you've been expanding to different cities as well. I mean, you know, what, how to explain it, like, what, what, like, moves you? Like, what's, what's your, your why, if I can ask? Yeah, I want to solve the world's most important problems. Like, I think a lot of people look at education and think it's cute. And I think the fact that that is what is happening in society right now is, like, one of the biggest problems in the world. Because the two things that drive us are education and media. Um, and the people, I, I didn't say this, this is from someone else, but the people that control education and media control the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people forget that education is the fundamental underlier of how we develop people. And so TKS is not an education institution. It is it is a human accelerator. We are focusing on human development. And that's why we don't just talk about AI here. We talk about Socrates. We talk about Plato. We talk about the self. We talk about mental models. Um, this week, they're actually looking into Charlie Munger, Ray Dalio, and Warren Buffett. Well, what do they have in common? Amazing. They're all some of the richest people in the world. But what else do they have in common? They're also extremely philosophical. Mm-hmm. If you look at Charlie Munger, he talks about mental models. If you look at Ray Dalio, he talks about the self uh, and failure. They don't just talk about investments and making money. Like If you want to make money, you'll just end up finding those things that they wrote about making money. But I actually think about how... I, I focus on people should understand people. Like we should learn about people. Like in school, there should just be a class. And I mean, we have this in TKS every week. They research a different person, a different successful person, not successful in terms of like monetarily successful, successful in terms of they have said that I am successful because I have achieved the goals that I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's directly correlated to happiness and or impact. And these are those people. Um, so yeah, I think, so I, I, I gotta, I gotta wrap up soon. Um, did you have any last questions that you want to ask me? Yeah. I mean, my, my curiosity to ask is like, there's going to be people who are reading this article, who are looking at this and they know they're in a place where they need to make some changes in their life. And they're in a place yeah. where they're reading, especially this philosophical sort of conversation, like, okay. I, I don't really know how to get there. Like, how do I discover <laughs> in a way who I am? How do I sort of discover my human? So my, I guess my question about this is like, from your experience now, like 
Like, what, what would you say to these people who are yeah. about to embark on this discovery? I'll give you a quote, a person, yeah. and a methodology. The quote is from Epictetus, and he says, your challenges make you great. The person to just look into and follow on Twitter, or watch videos, whatever, is Naval Ravikant. Um, he's the founder of AngelList. And the and the the methodology is stoicism. So for those people, your challenges make you great. So what's the implication? You should probably embrace those challenges because those are the things that's actually going to get you to be that great person you want to be. If you're not facing challenges, then it's a pre pretty much a good sign that you're not going to achieve greatness. Naval extremely smart guy. I highly recommend this podcast he did on the knowledge project called, um, the angel philosopher. Mm -hmm. Incredible podcast, um, episode. And then stoicism just helps you understand emotions better. Cause that's really what this all is, right? It's when we're talking about mental health, it is emotional. Yes. So I think stoicism is a, is one good toolkit to have, um, for all entrepreneurs. Thank you for your time and just for, yeah, for sharing all of that. I mean, I, it makes me even more excited for the work that you do because of the fact that you're bringing literally the human experience to youth who, who have this gift of discovering themselves at a much earlier age, hopefully earlier than, than we maybe necessarily had that chance. So that, that's really inspiring. Cool. Thanks. Thank you.